So let's start this out by me reading this stuff that I got together here. Many people today understand the church as a building. This is not a biblical understanding of the church. The word church comes from the Greek word ecclesia, which is defined as an assembly or called out ones. The root meaning of church is not that of a building, but of people. It's ironic that when you ask people what church they attend, they usually identify a building. Amen? How many people do that? I go, I go, I go to vision. <laughs> right? What church you go to? Well, guess what? Let's let, the, let's let the scriptures clean us up on this. In Romans 16, verse 5, it reads like this. Greet the church as, uh, that is in their house. And in this uh, phrase that Paul is speaking, he refers to the church in their house, not a church building, right? It's a body of believers. So we, the church, is a body of believers. That means we come in with stuff. Right? How many people come in with stuff? Just say stuff. Right? We came in here this morning. Some of us are still dealing with the garbage that we had to deal with last week. Some of us are dealing with the argument that we got into on the way here. Some of us are dealing with the kids that just don't seem to come under control. Some of us are dealing with the love that we don't feel like that we get from somebody else. Amen? And then we come into this house. And some kind of way or another, you pull it all together and look this good. Yeah, my wife got me trained real well, man. I could get it together real quick. Okay, baby. Listen, people, God wants you where you're at to be who you are so that he can make you into who he wants you to be. Amen? So let's move this forward because I got more backup for that because not only are we a body, right? If I can get this around. Um, yeah. I did this so that I wouldn't lose my place, and guess what? I just lost my place. The church is the body of Christ of which he is the head. Here's some scripture to go with that. Got to have scripture to back up everything you say. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 22 through 23. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Y'all want to let that sink in for a minute? Am I the only one that needed to let that sink in for a minute? Understand this. Pastor Joshua and the Joy are the heads of this congregation on this level. But who's the head? Right? Now, if we are all a part of his body, who is he? Huh? He's the God of the universe. Right? Nothing could have been made without him. The power of life and death is in his hands. He made the ultimate sacrifice for us physically. He left heaven, came down here, showed us how to do it, died a horrible death. Then he conquered the grave. Now me, I started getting excited when I read this. I'm like, oh, he's my boss. He's my boss. Right? He shows us how to do it. A lot of us kind of put those blinders on when he's showing us because it's not the way that we're used to seeing things. Amen? Right? So, the body, right? All of us 
of Christ is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ from the day until Pente- uh, from the day of Pentecost until Christ's return. You know, there's a lot of theological arguments about when the church began because God always called people out, you know, has been calling people out throughout the history of man. But here's the deal. For me, the birth of the church, and for our purposes today, we're going to say the birth of the church was really at the day of Pentecost because, you know, that's when we were empowered to be able to do those things and greater that Jesus talked about. Amen? So since we are able to do those things and greater that Jesus talked about, this is why, you know, I get excited because, you know, those things that he did was amazing. Right? How many people in here walked on water yet? Uh Anybody raise people, anybody from the dead yet? Right? I know a couple of people that them prayed for blind people to see and they saw. Right? I know a couple of people that went to some sick beds where somebody was diagnosed as being on their last leg and here they are eight years later. So I, we know that God's power is real. We know that he does what he says that he does. The question then becomes, who are we in him? Right? So here's how I was able to break that down for myself to understand. Y'all can come with me. Usually it takes me to break it down to about, I don't know, a preschooler, kindergartner, somewhere around there. So y'all should be able to follow along with this. Amen? So uh, the body of Christ is comprised of two different aspects, and we're going to discuss those right now. Uh, The universal church consists of all of those who have a personal relationship with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For we, are, we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. Now, this verse says that anyone who believes is part of the body of Christ and has received the spirit of Christ as evidence. Now, the universal church of God is all of those who have received salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Are we all on the same page of that? So you can look at the person next to you and you can say, is Jesus Christ Lord? And you have a kinship. You are, that is your brother or your sister. It don't matter what color they are. It don't matter what they smell like. It don't matter where they came from. It don't matter what they said to you yesterday. It don't matter what you felt about them last week. Today you come into this house with the understanding that sitting next to me is my brother or my sister in Christ. And in order for the church to move forward in the, uh, in what what God has planned for his church, we must be able to identify who we are in one another. Right? What's the devil's purpose? Divide and conquer. What's the first thing that runs somebody out of your church? They hurt my feelings. They didn't like me on Facebook. They didn't speak to me when they drove past me. I ain't going to speak to you either. I don't drive that good. Ask my wife. My kids, they be scared. Especially when I'm driving the big car, they'd be like, huh, let me drive. Even my kids are saying that now. Something's wrong. So, in those two aspects, you are looking at wherever you go, whatever you do, it don't matter what denomination they claim to belong to, if they are, if we are coming together as the body of Christ, then we have a singleness of purpose, which is lifting Jesus Christ up 
preaching the gospel of the good news of salvation to those who don't know. Right? I'm not talking to us pew sitters that come in here and sit down for 10 years still trying to get this. I'm talking to the universal body of Christ who will recognize the Christ in someone else who will come together to draw others unto the body of Christ. It ain't got nothing to do with how smart you are. God knows it has nothing to do with how smart you are. He will take the foolish and make the wise feel stupid. One of my favorite verses. I ain't going to tell y'all why. The body of Christ. (laughs) Y'all know that was a good one. Feel like Pastor Joy up here. Tell that joke. It just right over all of y'all's heads. God, we're recording this. You're going to get me. Here we go. Number two, the local church is described in Galatians 1 or 2. Oh, yeah, the local church. I didn't even tell you all about the local church, right? Look at the person next to you. This is the local church. This is right here. This little community of a place. Now, you know, when I was doing this research, when I was getting preparing the sermon, a lot of everything that I looked into kept trying to point back to the church as being a body. But the church is also a building. It is something that we have socially accepted as being where we call our gathering place. As a matter of fact, it's in one of the definitions. I just like that called out ones. Wait till I get to that part. I'm be ready to preach then. But it's like um, this building matters, right? This building started out as a Masonic Hall, right? Everybody know what a Masonic Hall is, right? All the parties, uh, the people that meet in here, the things that they came down to, God had set this place apart from before the very first brick was laid on its foundation to be his house. And so since God chose this to be his house, it kind of makes it a special place for a spirit to rest. Now, if you look in the Old Testament times, you know, they all had to go to the temple and they all had to deal with the priests. How many churches are in this neighborhood? I don't know, but it's a lot. But what are we? One. Anyone that professes to be saved by Jesus is all a part of one, right? And so that makes it important for us to realize who we are as one overall to be effective as a local body. There are things that we don't know how to do that somebody else and another town has experienced a lot of the programs that we have in place as a collaboration of many other churches coming together to make these things happen. You know, my wife and I has had the honor and the privilege to be able to experience on a regular basis seeing the whole body of Christ come together. And let me tell y'all something, people. It is the most amazing thing you could ever see. Uh, Miss Tina, you, you probably experienced that too, working with uh, Butterflies 15, where you see people sacrificially giving of their time, giving of their resources, giving of their emotions, giving of their life's experiences to help bring somebody else up out of whatever it is that they're going through and witness to them the glory of Jesus Christ. And that's the difference in the way that a lot of people go about doing things 
um, within the body, how you can reach that person. How many people know there's many different personalities out there, amen? There's many different people that's going through many different things. Our thing might be crazy kids. Somebody else's thing might be crazy husbands. Somebody else's thing might be crazy them. Right? Whatever it is that you're dealing with, there is a way to deal with it. And so locally, if you look around this room, God, I love looking out here. It is so many different people that are in this room that are in different phases in life that there is no reason in the world that there should not be a change in this community from this local body if we know what our purpose is in promoting Jesus Christ, him crucified, him risen, and him being in charge. Right? So let's get back to this local body thing now that it took too long to describe that. The local church is described in Galatians one through two, Paul, an apostle, and the brothers with me to the churches of Galatia. Here we see that in the providence of Galatia, there were many churches that uh, we call local churches. A Baptist church, a Lutheran church, a Catholic church, etc. It's not the church, as in the universal church, but rather it is a local church, a local body of believers. The universal church is comprised of those who belong to Christ who have entrusted him for salvation. These members of the universal church should seek fellowship and edification through what? Right. What does that do? It gives you singleness of purpose. Right? Now, you have Vision South Toledo, right? And you have Vision Waterville. We have no problem communicating We have no problem being in singleness of purpose because we are still, though in two different locations, we are still one body, right? Of which Pastor Joshua and Pastor Joy are the heads. Now, Pastor Renee and Pastor Earl are the, how could I say this tastefully? Uh, We're the underlings. (laughs) I like being the underling, right? So anything that goes wrong, I could blame them for it. Right? So I'm good with that. So, but here in South Toledo, man, I love what's going on. People are coming alive again. At our meals, I'm seeing healings happen. Right? As a matter of fact, now that I'm bringing that up, how many people took them risk cards a couple of weeks ago when we had them? Raise your hand. How many of you follow through on them? Put them hands down. Start putting them down. Yeah, because I know it was a lot of them that said help out with the kitchen. I know, I know, I know you, right? <laughs> I've seen a lot of people pick up the kitchen, and I see nobody in here that has come down to the kitchen. All right? So I know y'all didn't follow through on y'all. And I'm down there for every meal. <laughs> All right? So bring those, dust them things off. Look for them in the back of your Bible or wherever you put them. Let's get busy on that. The body of Christ needs to get busy doing the work of the Father. Amen? Which is going to take me into, um, you know, that definition that we use back there, called out ones. Today you are being called out. All right. For us to be a church, for us to move forward in this battle, in this war for souls, we have to understand who we are and accept where we are at and who we are. Because everybody is at a different phase in where they're at. Right? Some of us might be just learning. How many people are more patient with somebody that don't know something than you are to somebody that does? How many of us in here have to deal 
with somebody that think they know everything but don't know nothing. Knew I was going to see more hands on that, right? <laughs> I see people's wives looking at them like, see, pastor know you. <laughs> so today, you are going to be called out, and I'm not going to be the one that calls you out. The word is going to call you out. Amen? Now, when you are commissioned by God to do something, remember when we talked about Moses? Moses was commissioned by God from birth to be the leader that he was, right? Well, you know what? You have been commissioned by God to lead from birth, right? Now, the path it's taking you to get to that leadership position might be a little bit different than what was, you know, laid out from you from the beginning, but you are here today, you are sitting in that chair, and today you are being called out, right? God getting ready to call you on your stuff. So don't be mad at me, be mad at the word, and then do something about it. You know, I'm not one of them people that get mad and go in the corner and heck no, I'm going to do something even if it messes me up. Ask anybody that knows me. But this ain't messing me up because I follow the word more. Amen. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 39. Therefore, all Israel, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucify, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers... What shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for whom, for all whom the Lord will call. Somebody say, I'm called. You don't sound like you believe it. Say, I'm called like you believe it. All right. Now that sounds better. Now, If you have been called out, if you have repented of your sins, what gift is God giving you to move forward in power? Right here in the word says the Holy Spirit, right? So wherever your shortcomings are, wherever you fall short, you don't make no excuses for that. You don't feel guilty about that. The Holy Spirit convicts you of that, give you the authority and the power to overcome and then to move forward as the soldier that you have been called out to be to win others over to the kingdom. And now your personal battle becomes a testimony. It becomes your opportunity through your testimony to, en- to enlarge the body. Am I making sense to everybody in here? Right? But what must, we, what must we do first? Repent. Right? Number two, be baptized. Number three, receive. I cannot believe in an Assemblies of God church, there are people that are afraid of him, the Holy Spirit. We are an Assemblies of God church. This is how we were born. This is an an Assemblies of God church that believes in the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. We move in its authority, right? We pray in tongues. We are a tongue-speaking, devil-stumping, Bible-believing, can't nobody defeat us, people 
in this church praying hard people within the body of this local church. And then you come up to the altar and say, I don't know about that tongue speaking stuff. Don't feel bad about it. It took me like some years. Literally. So this is who we are. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 verse 30, uh, 28 through 30. And no, oh, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Come back that up to say who have been called. Can you say that for me? Who have been called, right, according to His purpose? For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That and those predestined, He also called; those He called, He also justified; those He justified, He also glorified. Somebody should be shouting in here. Listen, I don't know where y'all come from. I don't know how clean y'all's lives were. I don't know how cool y'all think y'all are right now. But let me tell y'all something. I came in here and I was a mess. And God, through his vision, through knowing everything that it was that I was going to have to go through to make it through those doors, did something to move this stony, hard heart of mine to change it and mold it into who he wanted me to be to move forward in the call that he had on my life because we were what? We were called. How, How many people in here are called? Let me hear you say, I'm called. I don't believe you. Say I'm called. called. You know, it's like if we were called out, the word here says those who love him. How do you show love to somebody? Is it through those cool words that you say? Huh? Is it through the things that you give them? See, none of that stuff works for my wife. Be like, yeah, talk is cheap. Right? I go out and try to get something, you know I don't like that stuff, right? Don't let me try to buy her no jewelry or clothes. It's over with. But you know something? If I just up out the blue, baby, I love you, and here. Here's this hug. Baby, you don't have to run the vacuum today. I got this. Baby, you don't have to do that. I got this. Not because I'm trying to get over, but because I love her. Love is action. Action speaks so much louder than words. Now, if we're talking on a godly level, your actions, man, is there going to be things that you have to do to be able to follow through on that? And accepting him as Lord and Savior, being baptized in his name, being filled with his Holy Spirit, that takes care of a lot. But we have to understand that Once we get all of those things in us, there's still other things for us to do. You know, it's like some people can come to church forever looking for that peace and never find that peace because they continue to go home in that chaos. You know, if this sermon was going to be so good that it's something that you're going to remember two years from now, I would be good with that. But it never works out that way. A lot of you probably won't remember what I'm saying next week. 
But if we hang out and you see the way that life is working for me and the way that I treat the people that's around me and the way that my day is scheduled out to do the things that it is that I do, now that's going to bring about change. If you say, how is it this man wakes up 4.30 in the morning, get his prayer time on, go out to work, work those 8 to 10 hours a day, come up to the church, go out into the kitchen, preach to people, pray with people, go home, beg his wife, beg, literally beg his wife to allow him to do something for her, find time to play with his grandkids, and then go back and get on his phone and shoot out some texts to some other people that he feels need encouragement. How do how does this man do this? It's not me that's doing it. It's not me that's being, that's. it's not what's in me that's driving me other than the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit that has given me a heart for those that have loved him. You will develop a heart for those other people that love him through your actions. Not through your words. Not through the money that you give. Not through the gifts that you give the church. But by your actions toward his people. Which is taking me right to where we need to be. uh, Humble acts of service in the body of Christ. This is going to be good. Romans chapter 12 verses 3 through 8. For the... For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many, many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we Though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us, to each of us. For if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your gift, or with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. It is If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Can I get everybody in this assembly that can stand up to stand up right now? There are many of us in here that don't understand what our gift is. At this point, some of us are in denial. Some of you, when you hear what, when most of us hear a lot of gibberish going on, um, you're actually hearing clearly someone else speaking in tongues. Some of us are very generous, but we are still kind of stingy. Some of us have grown to a point of being willing to do more but afraid to step out in faith to do that. And now we are a growing assembly, right? And I want us right now to get rid and shake away, shake off all of those fears right now. Oh, I still have a beer every now and again. Oh, I still ain't gave up them cigarettes yet. Oh, I still don't like people. There's so much that's going on inside of us that the enemy uses against us that, you know what, look around you. Look at this body. And the reason why I ask you to stand up because right now we're going to get rid of that. If you are a part or considering yourself to be a part of Vision Ministries, don't get too comfortable in that seat. 
Those some comfortable chairs. Y'all should have seen what we had in here before. Right? I want you to come out of your comfort zone for a minute. Just for a second here. And I want you to understand something. That when you humbly do acts of service, not only do you recognize the grace God has had in you, not only do you recognize how fortunate you are to make the decision that you did to choose him. Come on, somebody is feeling this right now. Not only do you know how difficult it was for you to let go of something, you will begin to allow the Holy Spirit to move for life changing for those that are still hurting and in need. Even that person that is standing next to you that is in church every single Sunday and go home Sunday afternoon suffering from depression suffering from pain suffering from fear suffering from lack of financial responsibilities The person standing next to you is probably the most important in your life in this moment because his spirit is moving so heavy that you should allow the work that he has already started in you to blossom and to make you better for the person next to you. It is difficult to step out of your comfort zone and allow yourself to feel. I know there's some legs getting tired in here. You're going to be all right. But what I want you to know and what I want you to understand, this assembly is one. So if you are hurting, so am I. If you are suffering, so am I. If I get cut, on my finger and I'm losing blood if I lose enough blood this whole thing shuts down so it don't matter how good your pastor is it don't matter how good your worship team is it don't matter how good your greeters are it don't matter how good your nursery workers are if there is a wound within the body and it leaks we die do you understand that Fix the leak in your heart. Fix the part of you that needs to be fixed. And then go on to the next part. So today, I want y'all to help me out here. As your campus pastor, as the authority that God has rested in me, I want us to make a promise and a pledge to one another to pray for that face that is next to you daily for a week. (laughs) Ha! Messed y'all up, huh? I could do that. I could do that. I'm remembering those risk cards. All right? This is a whole lot more important. It's that we understand that we need each other. Pastor Earl and Renee is getting kind of up there. I know Pastor Earl is. I can't speak for Pastor Renee. Pastor Earl is getting kind of up there. Doing those three meals a week. Every day and working every day, 56 is starting to feel that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? How many people in here have the ability to share their testimony? Raise your hand, all of y'all. 
How many people in here has the ability to push a broom? All y'all. How many people in here have the ability to make a kid laugh? Most of (laughs) y'all. I'm just being real. How many people can meet somebody at the door with a smile and a good attitude? All of us. So as a body, I want y'all to promise me that you're going to pray for the person next to you that is not your spouse. Get them God. No, you can't do that. Get them God prayer. Right? I want you to pray for the person next to you. I had a whole lot more to say, but I'm feeling this right now that God needs us to come together as a body and come to understand how much we need one another. And, you know, even if you're, like I said, uh, just considering to be part of this body, um, understand when you come, uh, as comfortable as you are in that chair, it's not always going to be there for you because we need to make room for the rest that God is going to bring in from the efforts that you put out for his body to grow. Does that make sense? Is that what you want? I know what God wants, but is that what you want? Because God wants his people to know who he is. And God don't want anybody to suffer hell's fire. So we as a body are committing to one another. See, that's the part that gets to get missing. Right? We have to commit to one another. In him to move forward in his authority to rescue people from the gates of hell. Are we on the same page with all of this? This is about as serious as I get, people. God has called you out. God has called you out through your suffering. God has called you out through your pain. God has called you out through your feeling insignificant. God has called you out away from your fears of rejection. God has called you out from your depression. God has called you out from your anger. God has called you out from your unforgiveness. God has called you out from your addictions. God has called you out to be a part of a body that's going to make a difference. He's called you out. But are you ready to answer the call? We can help you get there. We can help you get there. But you have to be willing. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of your time. You need to come to class. Right? We got good classes now, boy. (laughs) I don't care for video classes, but this one's pretty good. I like that lady. She preaches. And it's going to become more even available even as we go along. But we have to make it up in our minds that we matter. How many people in here, honestly, don't feel like they matter? You don't even have to raise your hand. I already know. How many of us in here know that we could come along other people and let them know that they matter? I already know. A lot of us. So today, and we are going to do communion today. You can come up, girl. We got to do communion today. And this is like the perfect day for that. Yeah, everything's set up. <laughs> yeah, it's ready. <laughs> we are going to do communion today. And it, it's, it just seems so perfect because we have, you know, everything lining up to what God needs us to do to make this happen. For a church to be born 
that is no longer the underdog, but the victor. Right? If he can take this person out of the crack house and off the street and out of the jail, if he can save him from pulling the trigger on a nine millimeter three times, if he can save him from himself when he's doing crazy things, knowing that his wife would kill him, if he can save this crazy dude that got a big mouth that like to show off for people and give him a heart for people, what then can he do for you? A lot! So if you're wondering right now, what do I get out of all of this? God, my heart just broke. What do you get out of this? God, don't do this to me, Lord. Two days ago, there was a young lady in here that sat at her kitchen table wondering what it's all worth, what it's all about. She's so young and don't really understand what life has to offer. And so she seriously considered ending it. She's in this assembly right now. I'm feeling it. I'm not going to call you out. I just want you to open up your heart right now to God. I just want you to understand how much he loves you. To be able to call you out like this from amongst all of these people. He'll say to you, you are my child and I love you. You was born with purpose and meaning to move forward. There's a young man in here right now that has dealt with busted relationship after busted relationship after busted relationship. And they fear having any kind of meaningful relationship because they have been so, life has been so heartbreaking for them from their father to their uncle to their best friend who they feel like stabbed them in the back that they have walls up, that they have shut down and they have so much more to offer this world. If they would just become a part of a body of believers that would love them through it, that would help them work these walls down. There are several of us in here that have more concern with what's going on in the world than what's going on in the house of God. And it all starts in in here in what we believe. When we take communion, we must clear our hearts and clear our minds of all things that are not of God. For if you would Take communion without a pure heart. You're causing a curse to come down on yourself. So if you have unforgiveness or if you have a problem with a brother or sister in the body right now, I want you to take a few moments and I want you to think about that and I want you to uh, get rid of it. If it's unforgiveness, got to forgive them. Not for them, but for you. (laughs) If it's anger, then you have to give it to God. Not for them, but for you. And as we come together and take these holy elements and we come to understand how great the sacrifice our God made for us, then we will become tighter, more united as a family, 
more effective in purpose. Amen? So bow your heads and close your eyes, if you will. Take a few moments to reflect on what it's going to take for God to help you clean your heart up. God, you are amazing in who you are and the things that you do. I just thank you for this body of believers, Lord God, that you have brought together. That this ragtag bunch of rejects of society could come together and be so effective in what your call is on our lives. That, Lord God, through it all, your authority and your power reign supreme. I just thank you right now, Lord God, for cleansing our hearts and our minds of all things that are impure of all the anger and unforgiveness, all of the fear and all of the pain that we, oh God, can come together as one heart and as one mind in this place, in your name, that we would grow in you and you and us, that the world would see that you still do miracles today, that you still love us in every way. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, for what you are going to do Jesus precious holy name I pray amen okay if you are on this side over here we're going to make this real easy for you guys uh, you can start emptying out from the front and walk your way around and come down go back down come up this side now come up this side and go back that side how about that um, if you are in the middle there's nobody for the middle no middle split there and there <laughs> all right so, uh, start with the front row. Come out. Yeah, come get it. Come get it. <laughs> Think I got it together. Hey, middle people. Yeah, yeah, I got to go too. Yeah, come on. Come on. Well, we're getting a line now, so wait. <laughs>
1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord himself that instruction which I'm passing on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice for you. Do this in affectionate remembrance of me. God, we thank you for your body that you sacrificed for us. That, Lord God, those stripes that you bore, Lord God, will remove all sickness and disease from those of us who love you. That, Lord God, even in battling through those sicknesses and even in battling through those diseases, Lord God, we understand that the sacrifice that you made on that day was so, so great. And we thank you for it. And in this way, Lord God, we humbly stand in your presence to partake, Lord God, of your body, which was sacrificed for us. Can each of us please take out the body? In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant, ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in affectionate remembrance of me. Lord, this is the blood, hallelujah, which is life. And the Lord God, the opportunity to be glorified and to be lifted up, Lord God, through the sacrifice that you made for us of this blood makes you and you alone worthy of this kind of praise that with our whole hearts we could worship you that with affectionate reflection of that sacrifice, we could say to you, thank you, Lord. And pray that you would be glorified and that your name would continue to be lifted up in our lives. Please partake of the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 You are worthy, God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, whew, that's something for me every time. Amen. If you could direct your attention to the screen, this is in our bulletin of who we are as a